listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today's going to be an interesting one. I don't, I don't often do broadcasts like this. Uh, as you saw in the title, I'm talking about the demonic agenda behind abortion. And I don't often do this, and I'm doing it not from a political standpoint, but from a scriptural standpoint. I wanted to show you something, and I got, I got in the Holy Ghost last night as I was preaching, and uh, it came out of my spirit. It came out of my spirit while I was preaching, and I thought, you know, that's something I need to expand on. Uh, as the Holy Spirit had me saying it last night while I was preaching, I said, that's something I need to expand on even with the Victory Tribe on the broadcast because it really, really opens your eyes uh, to have an understanding about what the spirit of this world is trying to do, the Antichrist spirit, what it's trying to do. Many people think, erroneously, by the way, many people think that it's... uh, They look at things like this and say, well, why would you ever try to infringe on somebody's personal choices or their personal rights or whatever that may be? And uh, I want to show you from the Bible today that it's beyond that. It's far beyond that. It is a spiritual principle. And I'm going to show it to you. Two main things you're going to see in the scripture today that are going to open up your mind if you've never seen this before. It's going to open up your mind to show you what the spirit of this world is trying to do in these last days. And it's going to, it's going to stir your faith because one of the things that, and I saw Caitlin shared that last night or this morning, but one of the things that, uh, should stir your faith up, especially as a lady, um, is that God has anointed you. He's anointed you to give birth. And you know, that's, that's such, that's not really something that's talked about a lot, but I want you to hear this. God has anointed every woman to give birth. It is a wonderful miracle. But Pastor Danny, we'd love to have you for a couple days. That would be awesome. We love you, man. And I really hope you can, you could get up here. We'd love to see you, man. We could, it'd be, we jump on the platform, sing together. Just, it'd be, man, we'd have a blast. So I would love to see you, Pastor Danny, if you can make it. Um, but I want you to see this, that you're anointed, you know, the women of God are anointed and being able to give birth is not only a miracle, it is something God has anointed you to do. And you you think about this and I'll show it to you in the scripture today that the enemy literally wants to infringe upon the anointing, uh, that's upon your life. He wants to come in and take you out. And so how does he affect a generation? How does the devil attempt to affect a generation? By taking them out before they even get started. But that's only half of it. I want to show you the other half as well because it truly is an anti-God, anti-Christ agenda that the enemy is doing his best. looks like we lost 
Facebook comments again today. Uh, Facebook's been having a huge issue with Restream. I don't know why, but Restream doesn't seem to want to show them. I'll look on my phone to see if uh, you guys on Facebook are still able to comment. Let me look because it's, oh, there it comes back. So weird what Facebook does. So you're back. Um, I want to show you that's only half of it. And it truly is an anti-God, anti-Christ agenda. I want to start with you. I'm not really going to do any announcements. I'm getting right into this because it's a word the Lord put in my spirit. I want to start with you. Yeah, I can see it, Britt. It popped back. Start with me in Isaiah chapter 14. So if you have your Bible and you're taking notes and you want to take notes today, trust me, and you want to share this broadcast. Um, Isaiah chapter 14 is where we're going to start on this subject. We're exposing this because it's a demonic agenda. It's a, an anti-Christ, anti-God agenda. And it has nothing to do with infringing upon a person's rights or their own personal choices. It has everything to do with God's plan on the earth. I'm going to show that to you. And there is a reason the devil is going after babies. In Isaiah 14, uh, and I want to read you uh, three verses of scripture. Three verses. This is the first half. That's going to open up your eyes to see why the devil's trying to do what he's trying to do. This is the first part. So we're here in Isaiah 14. Uh, we're going to start reading with verse 12. And uh, this is literally a prophetic vision into the past. That's what we're looking at. A prophetic vision into the past given to us by the prophet Isaiah. So Isaiah 14 12 through 14. Hey, Brother Terry, let me read this to you. Morning, Billy. Uh, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. Verse 13, you said in your heart. Now, I want to break down five things quickly that the devil said in his heart. That got him kicked out of heaven. Got him cast down. In fact, not just cast down. He didn't just get escorted out of heaven. Jesus, when he was looking back through the, the tunnel of time, prophetically, said in the New Testament, and you're familiar with this scripture, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. <laughs> I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He got not just escorted out, he got ejected with force. Satan got ejected with force. So now let me break down five reasons why God ejected him. Number one, Satan said, I will ascend into heaven above the stars of God. That's number one. I will ascend into heaven above the stars of God. Then go to number two. I will set my throne on high. Pure pride in his heart. Number three, I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. That's number three. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. 
That's number four. And then look at number five, because I really want to focus in on this today. Number five, I will make myself like the most high. Look at that. Hey, brother Kevin, look at that. I will make myself like the most high. Talking about God. He's going to assume the role, the position, and the image of God. So if you were to break that all down, all those things that Satan just said, basically what he's saying is, I'm going to assume the position, the role, and the image of God. The position, the role, and the image of God. And God said, no, you won't. And smacked him so hard that he fell out of heaven like lightning. You see that? And so this, I'm I'm about to break down for you the very first half of this demonic agenda behind abortion. And so Satan said, I will make, this is so important, that's why I keep repeating it. I will make myself like the most high. The thing that he wanted to do, God would not allow him to do. I will have your position. I will assume your role and I will take your image or make myself look like you or like the most high God. I will assume your role. I will take your position and I will take your image. I want you to put those three things in the comments right now. Role, position, image. Hallelujah. Role, position, image. Pop those three things in because we're going to break this down. Role, position, image. There it is. Those are three very important things and the devil knew they were important. That's why he was coming after him. That's why he wanted them for himself. Role, position, image. Role, position, image. What did he say? I'll set my throne on high. I'll sit on the mountain of the assembly. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I will make myself like the most high. I want your role. I want your position. I want your image. Man. And God said, you'll not have it. And ejected him with force from heaven. Roll, hey brother Ben, position, image. Now let's go back to Genesis 1. And actually Genesis 1 takes place after what Isaiah was seeing there in Isaiah 14. And so after God ejects him from heaven with force for trying to take his role, his position, and his image, then because God really enjoys rubbing it in your enemy's face, loves to rub it in your enemy's face, he did something specific. So let's break this down. Genesis 1, and I'm going to read verses 26 through 28. 26 through 28. Catch this with me. Then God said, let us 
make man in our image. Oh, hallelujah. After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth. Come on. And every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Somebody needs to put it in the comments right now. I have dominion over creeps. <laughs> Give him dominion over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. <laughs> That's right, Mary Beth. I have dominion over creeps. Everything that creeps on the earth. Male and female. So that right there, if you ever try to hear somebody say, well, you know, man was created in the image of God, not woman, man was. No. In this very scripture, it says, so God created man. And really, it's, it's talking there not about the male side of the sex. It's talking about mankind. You know, mankind. I can't believe all this stuff people are trying to force us to say. We can't just say mankind. We have to say mankind and womankind. <laughs> can't be generic enough. The height of stupidity was reached when that dude said amen and a woman. <laughs> that was the height of stupidity. It's talking about mankind at large. So God created mankind, if you will, in his own image. The image of God, he created him. And then look, because it's, it's in the same verse, male and female, he created them. Amen. And so every man, every woman is created in the image of God. Hallelujah. Every man, every woman is created in the image of God. Verse 28. And God blessed them. That's powerful, man. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, can I see something that or show you something that maybe you haven't seen before. Notice here in verse 28, ladies in particular that are watching, every lady that's watching, I want you to see something in particular. And God blessed them. And then he empowered them. Anything God empowers, that's his anointing coming upon you to do the thing. That's what empowerment from God is. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So I want you to put this in the comments right now. I am anointed to multiply. Hallelujah. That's why it is not a godly thing to be barren. It's not a godly thing to be barren. That's why God even promised the people of Israel, Old Testament. He said, there shall be no barrenness or miscarriage among your women. 
Because it's not a godly thing to be barren. It's a godly thing to multiply. You're anointed to multiply. Amen. God put an anointing on man and woman to multiply. Obviously, the baby is the harvest. There's no harvest without a seed. So men, you're not discounted. You're not discounted from this anointing because it takes the seed as well as the ground in order for there to be a harvest. It's not just one-sided. It's not one-sided. We're both, man and woman, anointed to multiply and to fill the earth and to subdue the earth. And so I want you to see this because it's hugely important, hugely important. You're anointed to multiply. Hey, Heather. God anointed your body to have babies. God anointed the man's body to produce seed. Why? Because both of us, man and woman, are anointed to multiply and to subdue. Multiplication is God's thing. Division is the devil's thing. Subtraction is the devil's thing. He comes to steal. That's subtraction. Kill and destroy. Division. But we're anointed to multiply. So look at this. Just to rub it in the devil's face. I love this, man. I love this. God said, after kicking the devil out of heaven and saying, you won't take my role, you won't take my position, and you won't take my image. You're not going to have any of those three. He then, to rub it in the devil's face, says to the Trinity, let us make mankind in our image. And in our likeness. So the first thing that he stripped away from the devil and said, you'll never have this, was the image. And then he said, let's make man in our image. So one thing that the devil wanted that he can't have is the image of God. And so he gave it to you and he gave it to me and to every baby that's born, born with the image of God, looking like God. Looking like God. And the devil hates it. Devil hates it. He cannot stand seeing billions of people, individuals, made in the image of God. Can't stand it. Why do you think he comes against uh, mankind so hard? He hates to see. Because, watch this. Every time the devil sees a human being... He sees what he always wanted to be, but could never be. Jealousy is filling him even today. When he looks at you, when he looks at me, he sees what he wanted and couldn't have. Go further. The Bible says in verse 28, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Well, that right there is the uh, role of God. That's a role of God. God's the multiplier. God's the one who produces. He is the producer. He gave that God-like ability to you and to me. Produce. Multiply. He's the creator. And he said, because I am and you're in my image and my likeness, you'll have the ability to create. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. 
You have the ability to create. It always makes me laugh when people are like, well, we got another baby on the way. I don't, I don't know how this happened. It was a, you know, it was, but no, I can tell you how it happens. It's not an accident. It's, if you need me to sit down with you and explain how it happens, I know how it happens. It takes seed and ground, produce a harvest. I don't know. We just don't know how it, I can tell you how it happened. <laughs> I never understand when people say that. And God gave you not just his image. Secondly, he gave you his role. He said, I'll make you a creator. Listen to me. You're not just a creator with your words. You're a creator because you can produce life. Oh, man. Listen, there was no other individual ever that had the ability to produce life. Listen to me. The devil can't produce life. I'm going to break something down for you right now that I, I'm pretty much positive you've never heard, ever. Because people don't preach on this stuff. So I'm going to tell it to you. You've probably never, ever heard this at all. The devil can't produce life. In order to do so, he has to commandeer or, or trespass on something that God has already made. Okay? So, and it's so evil when he does that God doesn't even wait to punish. He punishes immediately. I'll give you an example. When the devil wanted to pollute the bloodline of man so that Christ could not come from a pure bloodline, what did he do in the Old Testament? He sent fallen angels, demon spirits, to have sex with women. So they took bodily form and had sex with women, the Bible says. And those women produced giants. That's where Goliath came from. Uh, the sons of Anak in the Old Testament. That's where this race of giants came from. They were demonic spawn. That's why they were wiped out, every last one of their race. And God didn't care. He said, kill them all. If you go back and so say, this is hard for people to understand, but it's actually not that hard to understand. God said, this is a, an entire race of demonic people produced by fallen angels sleeping with human women and producing a race of giants in the earth. Goliath was one of them. And when, by the time David was done with his mighty men, I don't know if you know this, they killed every last giant that remained on the earth. They exterminated giants. People just know about David killing Goliath. He did more than kill Goliath. He killed every last giant that was on the earth until there were no more. And God didn't care. And when God would send them in, he'd say, kill every one of them. Kill the men, kill the women, kill the children. Because all of them came from that race of demonic spawn. So how could God do that? That's why he did it. That's why he did it. And so the Bible tells us in the book of Jude... And I'll, I'll turn there because I'm sure people have never seen this before. And it seems like it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's not. It has to do with what we're talking about today. That the devil wants the image and the likeness of God. He wants it for himself. And so because God stripped it, now he tried to cheat and go around God and do it himself by allowing fallen angels or demon spirits to take bodily form 
and to sleep with women to produce his own life. But notice, do you notice that the devil couldn't just produce life? He had to go and access the the life-producing machine that God already created called woman. He had to use what God already made. That majestic individual that has the ability to produce life, woman. Couldn't do it by himself. He needed women. Look at this. I'm in the book of Jude. It's, the, it's very short, one chapter. But I want to show you something that the Bible teaches. Let me get to the uh, position here. The Bible says in Jude, verse 5, and I'll read through verse 7. Now, I want to remind you, this is Jude 1, 5. Maybe you've never read this before. Now, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Now, listen to this, verse 6. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise... Get this, they likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. So I want you to see something here in this teaching from Jude. He's saying these angels did not stay where they should have stayed. They were fallen. And then they got punished immediately. Why did they get punished immediately? Look at this. And angels who did not stay in the position of authority left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains. So these are different than the rest of the angels. These are the ones that did what? We'll go on reading. Verse 7. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise... Likewise, indulged in sexual immorality. So, likewise, who's he referring to? The angels. In the same way Sodom and Gomorrah engaged in sexual immorality, the Bible is saying these angels engaged in sexual immorality. What was it? It's what the Bible records in the Old Testament. They came down and slept with women. The sons of God dwelled with the daughters of men and produced giants. God looked at that and saw it as wicked. And he said, it's not just wicked. I'm not going to wait till the end to, to punish these angels. And Jude records, he put them immediately into eternal chains and chained them up in Tartarus because it was wicked what the devil was trying to do, trying to produce life like God produces life. And he couldn't even do it without the breach upon women who God already produced. See, it's an anointing to produce life. God didn't just give you his image. He gave you his role. Glory to God. He gave you his role. You you are now a producer. I am a producer. The people of God are producers because we were created in the likeness and the image of God. I know people don't talk about this stuff. It needs to be talked about. 
Because this, what's going on around our world, and especially in America, is one of the most demonic things that could happen. And I'm showing you two main reasons why this is still on number one. The devil is trying so hard to destroy and kill the likeness and image of God. He hates it. He hates it. And he wants it wiped from the face of the earth. Totally wiped from the face of the earth. Let me go further. God didn't just give us his image. He didn't just give us his role. But now look, he gave us his position. Verse 28, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply over the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Glory to God. Have dominion. That's God's position. God said, I'm the one that has dominion, but you know what? I'm going to give you dominion because you're my children. You've got my likeness. You've got my image. You've got my role. Now take my position. You have dominion. All the things the devil wanted were stripped away even from his ability to touch them and they were given to you. That's a powerful thought, man. Mm. That's a powerful thought. You were given God's image. You were given his role as a producer. You were given his position of dominion and might and you have it to this day as a Christian. Hallelujah. See, if you want to really break it down, it was given to Adam. Adam lost it through sinning, but then Jesus gained dominion back and gave it to us again. Hallelujah. So those that are Christians have dominion. You've got dominion. And I want you to put it in the comments. I've got dominion. I've got dominion. Why do you think that the, the, the spirit of this world wants to break up the family unit? Why do you think? It's a demonic agenda. Do you know why? And I'm not even teaching on this, but I'll touch on it because it's the same principle. Do you know why the spirit of this world wants to push homosexual relationships and lesbian relationships? Do you know why the devil wants to push, push that? He doesn't really care. Notice, the devil doesn't really care about what people are interested in sexually. He doesn't really care about that. What he wants to do is stop the ability to produce in the likeness and image of God. Two men together can't produce life. Two women together can't produce life. And that's what the devil cares about. He hates, and of course it's a sin, which also will destroy humanity. Sin is a killer. Kills anything it touches. And of course the Bible condemns homosexuality. Of course it condemns lesbianism and all forms of perversion, but notice what the devil hates. He hates the image of God and wants to stop it from spreading. So what does he do? He tries to put relationships together that can't produce life. He tries to kill life before it can begin. Oh man, I'm preaching. I'm preaching and I know people won't talk like this in this politically correct 2021 culture, but I'm well, I'll do it. I'll do it from jail if I have to doesn't matter. And this is the stuff. This is why I'm saying that they may come against our social media accounts. You know what I'm saying? Christians, they may come against our Facebooks and YouTube. We've already been discussing what's to be done as you move forward, because as the spirit of this world tries to take power and tries to do more and more to infringe upon the church and the freedom of religion in this nation, which they're already starting to do. Christians are going to have to rise up 
in wisdom and resource with the finances and build our own infrastructure. And if you don't think that's coming, it's already here, baby. It's already here. You're already messing with people, taking people off Facebook and off of YouTube and everything else, taking some people's whole websites down. It's already here. Spirit of this world. Let me tell you, if they can take our former president off of social media, don't think they can't take your church off. You hear what I'm saying? If they can take the former president off of social media, don't think that they can't take your church off. And that's why that we're going to have to be big enough and smart enough with the resources enough to build our own infrastructure and keep preaching this gospel, which we're already doing and working on. And so I'm showing you this. The devil hates the image of God and attempts to kill it before it can even begin. So this is the first half of the coin I'm dealing with today. Number one, the devil wants to destroy the image and likeness of God because it's what he wanted that he could not have. And now he hates seeing it in his face. And God said, just be, just be fruitful, multiply and multiply and multiply and fill the earth so that everywhere the devil looks, all he sees is what he wishes he could be, but can never be. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah, glory to God. And so number one, I want you to see it. And it's very important to see you have God's image. You have his position. You have his role because you've been united with Christ. And so you've got his image. You've got his position. You've got his role. I mean, have you read Ephesians? We're literally seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We're not going to be seated one day. We're seated now. You've got his position. Far above principalities and powers. <laughs> Every name that is named. Not only in this world, but that, that which is to come. And all things have been put under your feet because they've been put under Christ's feet. You're not going to have his position. You have it already. You're not going to have dominion one day. You've got it now. And you're not going to be in his image and likeness. You already are. It's why the devil hates you. It's why the devil hates you. So that's one side of the coin. Now let's flip the coin. What is the other massive issue here we're exposing about this demonic agenda that's behind abortion? Well, it's not just about the fact of what the devil sees in you. But it's also about him understanding the anointing that's available on the earth. The devil wants to work against the anointing. He wants to work against the power of God. He wants to try to cancel the work of God on the earth. He doesn't have the ability to. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So he doesn't have the, but he wants to. And if he can trick or deceive us into believing he can then he can. He'll trick people right into turning their authority over to him. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I want to deal with this other side of the coin. So go with me to Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. I'm going to read you a few passages here. I'll start reading with verse 15. 
Exodus 1, 15. Now this is the other side of the coin. Catch it. The Bible says, Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this? And let the male children live. And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. Hallelujah. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Here's the other side of why abortion is so wicked and so evil is that the devil knows that there are deliverers in the bellies of women. There are deliverers in the bellies of women. That those who are produced, and especially, I want you to hear this, especially to those that are the people of God, why do you think the devil wants to try to attack you with miscarriage? Why do you think he wants to attack your pregnancy? Why do you think he wants abortion to be so prevalent in this nation? He knows, he knows that there are deliverers inside those bellies. And, and, I'm gonna, and I talked about this last night. I don't mind talking about it again because it's an important point. You can be anointed before you ever come out of the womb. Thank you, Jesus. You can be anointed by God, purposed by God, before you ever come out of the womb. And I'll prove it to you. Because when Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth the mother of John the Baptist, came together to meet with each other. The Bible says when they came in the room together, Elizabeth's baby, John the Baptist, jumped in her womb when she got close to Mary, who was holding Jesus the Christ in her womb. The anointing was already on both babies. And John the Baptist felt the anointing in the womb and caught the anointing in the womb before ever being born. And Jesus was anointed before ever being born. Both of them still in the belly. By the way, the anointing was not on a clump of cells. <laughs> Put that in the comments. The anointing was not on a clump of cells. The anointing was not on a clump of cells. It's not what the anointing was on. The anointing rests upon individuals. And Jesus was already there. John was already there. Both of them already anointed. Hallelujah. Both of them already anointed. 
That's right. The anointing was not on a clump of cells, but upon an individual. Amen. That's because you can be anointed in the womb. God, literally, God produces people that will be deliverers, and he knows the end from the beginning. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. For he formed you. Thank you, Lord. He formed you. And the anointing can be upon a baby before it's even born. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's deliverers in those bellies. I thank God, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to brag, I'm just making a point. I thank God for my family, the Shuttlesworth family. I thank God for my grandfather who's in heaven, for my grandmother who's in West Virginia, which is almost heaven, they say, <laughs> who gave birth then to four boys, all of them anointed and anointed from young. Why? God had a purpose for their life. Raised up four deliverers. And you know what? I'm not just saying that. You go back and look, look at their ministries. All four of them are deliverers. My father, my uncle Tim, Pastor Tim Shuttlesworth, Evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth. All four of them are deliverers. They've been anointed since young. God produced them. And my grandmother gave birth to them. Hallelujah. The devil would have liked to take them out when they were little, but could not. He knows. The devil, notice this, the devil can feel the anointing on people. He can feel it. That's why the man with the legion of demons in Mark chapter 5 that's why he ran to Jesus and bowed down low. Before Jesus said anything, did anything, he wasn't holding a meeting, he wasn't preaching, he was getting off a boat. He was getting off a boat. And the Bible says the demon-possessed man ran to Jesus to bow down low and beg him, please don't harass us before our time. You know why? Because the devil can feel the anointing on individuals. Can feel it. Can feel it. Why do you think that demon-possessed girl followed the apostles and cried out to everybody, these are men of God, these are men of God? Why do you think? Because that demon could feel the anointing on those men. Hmm. Could feel the anointing. And see, the devil can feel the anointing on the deliverers in wombs and wants them taken out before they can deliver and do what? The Lord has called him to do. And that's what was going on here in Exodus. A deliverer was coming, Moses. But Pharaoh was killing babies ahead of time. Killing babies, killing babies, killing babies. Why? Deliverer was coming and the devil didn't want him to come. Go with me to the uh, gospel of uh, Matthew. Let's look at Matthew. I'm going to show you something here. It's what the devil always does before there's a change for the better. Let me give you the exact scriptures I'm going to read. Matthew chapter 2. I'll read verses 1 through 8 and 16 through 18. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 and 16 through 18. Listen. 
Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when, he, when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes and the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. And they told him, Bethlehem in Judea. For it's written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, uh, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Drop to 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Same thing. He heard the king was being born. He heard a deliverer's coming. So what does he do? Spirit of this world. Kill them. Kill the babies. Notice, Moses, who was a type of Christ, same thing happened. Kill all the babies. Then Christ comes. Kill all the babies. The devil doesn't want deliverers coming into this world. The devil does not want the anointing coming into this world. And now look, the deliverer is getting ready to come back again as the rapture is getting ready to take place of the rapture of the church. And look, look what's going on. Abortion has killed more people, far more people. Just the abortion of America has killed more people than Hitler ever did than Mao Zedong ever did, than Stalin ever did. You think about how crazy that is. These were mass murderers, these men. These men killed millions upon millions upon millions of people. And an abortion has far outweighed the deaths that these men did during times of extreme war. Abortion has taken out more deliverers than any other thing. Any other thing. I'm just telling you, this is exactly what the devil wants to do. Listen to what the Bible says. I mean, this is, there's a reason that Peter quoted the prophet Joel on the day of Pentecost, because God had a promise for even the children. You see this, there was a promise even for the children. Listen, Peter stood up, this is Acts 2, 14, and he began to talk. And he said, they're not drunk like you suppose. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. What did he say? Let me just read verse 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Who will? Your sons and daughters. Glory to God. Your sons and daughters, they'll prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. I want you to see this. God had a plan to pour out his spirit. He did it on the day of Pentecost. And now that spirit of God is here operating in people. Love you, Steve. And so I want you to hear it. There is an anointing on our generation and the devil hates it. 
He hates it. He cannot stand the fact that we're anointed. It's not just us. Our children are anointed. My son is four and he's anointed. He's just, it comes up out of his spirit. He'll just start, he'll just start singing praise songs and dancing. He'll just start singing, look what the Lord has done. Four years old. Nobody's prompting him. It's coming up out of his little spirit because he's anointed. He's a deliverer at the age of four. (laughs) You know what he said out of nowhere? He's out on the street playing tennis with my wife. He said, mom, and listen, this comes out of a little four-year-old child's heart. He doesn't even understand the world yet. And this little four-year-old kid speaking, mom, that, that coronavirus is stupid. I mean, like coming out of a little four-year-old mouth, four-year-old spirit, that coronavirus is stupid, mom. I mean, just talking like that. Why? There's an anointing on the inside of him, an anointing to be a deliverer. Any person anointed with the Holy Ghost is a deliverer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Any person anointed by God is a deliverer. I want you to put it in the comments. I am a deliverer. It's not just Moses. It's not just Jesus. It's not just the apostles. I am a deliverer. Put it in the comments section. Hallelujah. I am a deliverer. That's your, that's who you are. That's what God has called you to be. You've got power over the devil and you are a deliverer. Hallelujah. Your children are deliverers and the devil knows it and the devil hates it. Two sides of the coin. Number one, the image, position, and role of God that he wanted, he could never have. Was taken and he was ejected forcefully from heaven. But on the other side, he knows deliverers are coming. He knows, love you, Ricky Sell. He knows deliverers are coming through the womb of every woman. Hates it. He hates it. Do you know? I mean, that was even the, the point, by the way. If you didn't know this, that was even the point we were talking earlier about fallen angels sleeping with human women to produce giants, to pollute the bloodline of man. He didn't want deliverers coming. He wanted to pollute that bloodline. So Christ could not come with pure blood. Oh, hallelujah. But as you go down through the lines, that's why Noah was a pure man. That's why God could spare him and his family. Their family had not been tainted by giant blood, demon blood. He was pure and God, he wasn't just blameless. His bloodline was pure. God could use him to produce the bloodline of Christ. Hallelujah. The devil wanted to stop it. He failed. He failed. And I just want you to hear this with me today. There's a reason the devil wants to kill and destroy. He knows what's coming and he doesn't want this world to be changed by the anointing of God that's in you and in your children And in the babies to come, every woman, because it continued on, Nicholas, that's why David had to kill them all. They they ended the line. It continued on. Devil kept trying to work and David ended it. No, no, no. It was demonic spawn. 
And David ended it all with his mighty men, killed every last giant, exterminated the race of giants on the earth. And I'm just telling you right now, the devil knows. He knows there's an anointing on you. Every woman ought to thank God that God has given you the ability to produce. Notice it was always a punishment. And that's why it was viewed in Old Testament culture as a shame when women could not have children. That's why the Bible says Rachel was even hated because she could not have children while Leah began to have many, many children. It was very fertile. It was seen as a blessing. That's why when David, um, when David um, came back with the Ark of the Covenant and was dancing before the Lord with all of his might and Michael, Saul's daughter, looked out of her window and despised him in her heart, notice what the punishment was. She was barren from that day forward. It's because it's not a blessing to be barren. It's a blessing to be fruitful. Amen. Yes, Yao Ming is just a human. Shaquille O'Neal is just a human. Do not go and cast rocks at them, Nick. They're just humans. <laughs> You're anointed. Your family's anointed. That's right. Every woman ought to put, thank you, Lord, for using me to produce anointed children. I thank God. I thank God for every anointed woman of God who's an anointed mother, raising, I thank God for every man that's faithful to stand with his wife and raise his children in the things of God. Hallelujah. It's important to be a man that's faithful for your children. That will help raise them up in the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. They'll not depart from it. I want to pray for every one of you because I understand something today. I know nobody on here is, you know, doing that or considering abortion. But what I want you to understand is I'm praying for your children. Because God has a plan to keep our children protected from the wicked things of this world. The wicked things that the enemy has launched into this generation. Why do you think the devil wants to blur the lines between male and female and you know, what do you, what do you think it is? It has nothing to do with a preference. It's an evil thing because the devil knows that your identity matters. You can't be, um, trying to think of the word that I, I would use here. It can't be ambiguous and vague. Your identity matters. Your identity is important. God created you as he did for a purpose. For a purpose. For you to declare, I need to change that, is you saying, God is a fool and doesn't know what he's doing. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about that. Transgenderism is a way of saying, God is a fool and doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe nobody's ever talked that strong to you before about these subjects homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism. We're not saying that we hate those people. In no way do I hate those people. I love them. I want to see them come to Christ. I don't want to see them end in hell. I don't want to see them end in eternal punishment. But there is a standard. 
It's not this postmodernist thought that's tried to enter into our culture and now it's starting to creep into the church. And if you don't know what postmodernism is, it's this thought process that truth is relative, that what may be true for you is not true for me. You know, maybe the Bible is something you live by and it's true for you, but it's not true for me. No, it's not. Truth is not relative. There is a standard and that standard is set by God. It's not, it has nothing to do with bashing anyone or hating anyone. No, by no means. I love everyone, but I want you to hear something. Love will make you tell the truth. Love will make you tell the truth. Transgenderism is just a way of saying publicly that God's a fool and didn't know what he was doing when he created me. And it's a lie. It's a total lie. I want you to hear it. The devil hates your identity, hates your identity, wants to mess with it, wants to destroy it, wants to mutilate it. That's who he is. But God is a creator and he is perfect in all of his ways. I'm going to pray for every one of you today because God's put an anointing on your family and your children. And it's for such a time as this before Jesus comes. So I want you to bow your head if you can and receive this prayer of faith. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise for your wonderful anointing, your power that you've sent to every one of us. I ask you now in Jesus' name, increase the anointing on every one of these families. Let it manifest in a greater measure, in a greater way. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for using us for your kingdom and for your glory. We ask you in Jesus' name, open doors of opportunity for our families. Let our children be protected from all harm, all danger, all wickedness. Set them apart and keep them holy in Jesus' name. We thank you that wickedness will never be their story. Perversion will never be their story in Jesus' mighty name. We give you glory and honor for that. We thank you for that. And we thank you this will be the greatest year we've ever seen, that we've ever known. We thank you we're going to run with momentum in 21. This is our year to outrun every enemy of our family, every enemy of the church, every enemy of our soul. We will run like we never have. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen, wherever you're at, scare somebody, throw it in the comments, some fire, some hands, and say aloud, amen, if you receive that prayer today, amen. We're going to be live, by the way, again tonight. Thank you, Pastor Danny. We'll be live again tonight, seven o'clock, New York City time, right here in Revival, but I want to encourage you on this Monday to sow a seed by faith. We're going to put the information on the screen you know how you can sow. You can go to miracleword.com. And if you'd like to, you can go to and use PayPal or Cash App or Venmo. If you're in Facebook or Twitter, I found out today, which I did not know. Miss Dawn made me aware of it. I didn't know they were ending Periscope. Periscope is coming to an end. Not that anybody really uses it. Um, but it's all going to be Twitter live, apparently, after March 31st. But if you're on Twitter, Periscope, or Facebook, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section to sow a seed that way. And there's all those ways on the screen. Uh, my wife told me that even Zelle will be set up soon so that if you'd like to even do transfers, people like to use Zelle to do that. We'll even have that available for you. If you're one of those people that likes to write a check and mail it, 
Our mailing address is on the bottom of every page of our website, miracleword.com. And you can make the check payable to Miracle Word. Um, <laughs> Nick said, so, so Periscope's down, but I don't. Um, but thank you. And so we want to encourage you. Take, thank you, Jeanette. Take a step of faith. We're in revival, man. And I know you want to sow into revival. That's what this ministry is all about. Seeing our generation changed through the mighty moving of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the Word of God in operation. There's nothing higher than the Word of God, nothing. And so I want to encourage you right now. You want to be a part of this, sow a seed by faith. Sow a seed of faith, something that takes faith to sow. You know, I'm telling you, I found this, is that you can't give God something that costs you nothing or means nothing to you. I've dealt with it on the broadcast. It has to be something that takes faith to please God and to move you forward. Those that are sowing and partnering with us in the month of January, uh, I want to show you this. If you haven't seen yet, we want to send you this awesome book by Gloria Copeland. It's called God's Will is Prosperity. Uh, this is the book, by the way. And if you have that slide, can you pop it up so people can see um, God's Will is Prosperity by Gloria Copeland? This is the book that uh, Bishop David Oyedepo said he read and it changed his life forever. Literally. It, he realized, I can never be poor. I can never be poor. And so, uh, if you'll go to miracleword.com forward slash offer after you sow your seed, uh, fill out that form. Let us know where we can send it and how you sowed, and we'll get it to you ASAP. Uh, the brand new magazine is out, by the way. And uh, if you didn't get a copy or you're not on the list, you can always go to miracleword.com and sign up to receive it. Now, if you've already signed up, listen, don't sign up again. We have your email and we have your mailing address and it's already coming to you. It's just that the post office is slow and it's bulk mail. It'll, it'll get to you. Sadly, somebody wrote me the other day and said, hey, look what just got here. It was the magazine from the fall arriving on like January 19th or something. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you've not gotten the brand new book, uh, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, I'm encouraging you, grab that book. It will change your life. And I, I mean that for real, not because I wrote it. The Lord took me through things that I've never even seen. And so it's available on paperback, as you see on your screen, uh, at Amazon.com in your territory. Or if you're in the U.S. and you'd like to get it from our uh, website, shop.miracleword.com. And then the ebook is available for your tablet, phone, or laptop at Apple Books or Kindle on Amazon. So go grab a copy today. Do me a favor, if you would, and leave a review. I would really appreciate that if you left an Amazon review for me. Helps us to get the word out. Amazon serves it up to more customers knowing that it's doing its job and people are enjoying it. So thank you for doing that. Amen. Keep declaring that. I could never be poor. I agree, Norman. I agree. Thanks for hanging with me today. Great crowd today. I love you. Don't miss tonight. Tonight at 7 o'clock, we're coming back for another night of revival. And you need to enter in. Wherever you're at, jump on YouTube, jump on Facebook, whatever. Be a part of this revival. If you can get here, get here. I promise you. You want to start your year in revival. It's awesome. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me today. I'll see you again tonight at 7 and all week, uh, 1030 a.m. Be blessed. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.